Hello and welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. Uh, we're bringing back Chris Street because we have a material update on the fiscal situation of California. And it looks like they might be broke. So Chris, what is the latest in terms of the state's financials? And um, how does that affect your typical Californian who lives here? Well, first of all, Nick, I was on your show, I think, about six weeks ago, and I inadvertently gave you a bad number. I said that uh, they lose about about $25 billion deficit for this year, ending June 30th, and a, about a $48 billion deficit for next year. I apologize. Their new deficit, their deficit number now is $31.5 billion for this year and $68 billion for next year. That is literally up by um, $15 billion this year and uh, close to $45 billion next year. So what, how is this going to affect people? It's going to be a disaster. I mean, when you look at, when you look at California, there, there are two classes of people. There are the 20 million people sort of living on the coast and, you know, living the cosmopolitan life. They're not going to do well. And there's the other 20 million people that live inland and they haven't been doing well. And personally, I don't think that uh, I think this is their chance to do much, much better um, because literally California is a money machine built on tech new issues, crypto, everything new and everything intangible. And we are moving from an intangible world to a tangible world where you actually have to make things instead of ordering them, you know, from China. So I think the state is going to, is clearly in crisis for the people who won over the last, you know, in, in the last 40 years. And, and probably on the verge of a boom for the other half that, that uh, really paid a price. How fast will this roll out? <clears throat> well, it, about a month ago, uh, the uh, accountants, I'm sure the accountants and lawyers for the state of California, um, they were going to issue what was called a tax and revenue anticipation note. And the numbers were so bad that they forced the state to make a public announcement. And, and you know what happens when you make public announcements in companies about huge losses, your vendors start cutting back your terms. So that's already started, Nick. And, and we're moving into the jaws of a really nasty um, recession led by California. But the United States will be right behind. So the question really is the that how are they going to get out of this fiscal situation? Uh, will enough tax hikes or getting rid of Prop 13 be enough to fix this? Or is it default? Well, I, 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 I understand people say that California's always bailed out. Actually, historically, in the 70s, they almost defaulted and they got no bailout. In the 30s, they actually defaulted across the board and they weren't allowed to file bankruptcy. The 1890s were the same issue. 
California is so big that uh, imagine this just for one year, a $68 billion deficit and deficits for the next four years after that, ranging anywhere from 45 to say 55 billion. So what you're really talking about here is close to $300 billion. Now the entire discretionary spending of the US Congress is 750 billion. About half of that is really money that it, it, you, you can't cut. You know, it's for, for some kind of health things or other issues that really can't be cut. So the real cash that uh, Congress spends is about $375 billion for all of their Christmas ornaments and all that. And essentially, California wants one out of every six dollars just to survive to the next year to need the same uh, type of bailout. So there is no bailout, in my opinion. There is no solving this problem because this is not you know, a bad year or something like that. This is a change in the business model. And that change in the business model, it is, I, I believe it's permanent. And for California, they literally have not invested in, in the alternative, you know, which is building up manufacturing. California is still number one in manufacturing. But across the country, you haven't made the investments in water and in energy and other kinds of things. You know, you've made windmills, but you haven't built natural gas power plants, which industry really needs to have consistent power for high quality uh, production. So my belief is they're going to scream everything. They're going to say they want to raise taxes. The problem with raising taxes is they've already been raising taxes. And now it's what's called pushing on a string. Have you ever heard that saying? Yeah. It means when you've taxed people so high that it you actually get less revenue. Now, where is this coming from? It's not Richie Rich moving you know, to say Texas or Florida. It's actually all of these kids, you know, maybe 25 to 38 that work in tech and, you know, they make 150 or 200 a year and, and they get stock options and companies go public and they do transactions and, and, you know, they have no tax shelter. They just, you know, at that age, they're just existing. So that is the group of people that are getting hammered. And in fact, what is leaving California is not skilled labor people you know, who can't make it here. What's leaving California are these tech people. They're going back to Asia and they're actually going back to the Midwest. So, you know, this is a existential yeah. crisis getting deeper. Well, I mean, the counter is, is that as wealthy retirees from Chicago and New York are coming to replace them. And the other side is, wouldn't the solution to this, just as somebody who um, is looking at this from an outside point of view, would be to just get rid of Prop 13? Because all, a lot of these uh, houses are held for years, and some inheritances even inherited very low basis that had a capped appreciation and if you had those property taxes at the same percentage as they are now with the current 
valuations and real estate, that could probably cover a lot more of this than any sort of income tax hike would. I think any income tax hikes at this state from this point forward is pushing a string. And I think a gas tax would be pushing a string. The one thing that's well, well, let's talk about those, you know, about raising, you know, this on, they already did that. <laughs> Unless you've got your house in a trust, they've already taken away the inheritance, the ability to roll your basis in inheritance. You have to pay the step up. You, you have, your house gets stepped up other than a $500,000 deduction gets stepped up on inheritance. So, you know, part of that, and that was about, maybe that was 25% of, of the advantage. That's already gone. But to go from, you know, in, in real estate here, um, you've already destroyed the commercial real estate market in these downtown cities of Los Angeles and uh, San Francisco, Sacramento. I mean, they're all heavily indebted. And, you know, the multiples of what people will pay for that are, you know, you have dropped significantly, maybe by a third. So you really don't want to, you know, cause another level of crisis there. But raising individual taxes, you know, that would create a rebellion against seniors and, and young people like yourself who never bought a house. They bought a payment. So I just think you'd increase the defaults and, you know, spending would end up being worse. I mean, you can do any of these things that you're willing to take the heat for. I don't think they'll take the heat for this. But if the fiscal situation is bad enough, that seems to be the one thing that can be done. That's right, because California has 924 uh, amendments to its constitution. Um, and, and these are not amendments, you know, because they're ideology. Most of them are amendments to lock in spending because there are hot, there are big interests here in California, you know, who, who win at this sort of liberal game or this, you know, sort of California game. Um, you know, you're talking about people moving from Chicago to maybe La Jolla or Newport Beach. I mean, I'm looking at Newport Beach there. Obviously, if they can't afford Newport, they go to La Jolla, right? So. But, but they come in here, they have the ability to arrange their um, affairs so they don't spend more than, you know, uh, I think it's uh, 100 and, um, I think it's 170, days. pardon? That's like 180 days. Yeah, it's 170, just a couple days under, you know, uh, under uh, half the year. And their tax basis is as long as they keep a house there and they go back is there. So I, I, and when you look at the numbers, it's really not Richie Rich that pays the taxes. And that's why it, in California from 1978, when you passed Prop 13 and the, and, and the state was really on its butt, personal income has come up 13 and a half times. But more importantly, the budget for the state of California has risen 18 and a half times because of this intangible sort of thing California has with IPOs and cryptos and everything like that, transactional. I mean, California is the future. The problem with the future is every once in a while, you're not going to like it. The other question I have is, 
I'm ready to prop 13 before I move on to the next thing is if prop 13 was removed, uh, how much would the real estate market take a hit? Um, that's a hard question to say. Once again, I would bifurcate that. Um, I would say that it's it, it, some of that's already in, you know, in, in the cosmopolitan California. Um, I think it would still cause pain. Um, but I, I, I just don't think it's going to be, you know, prices dropping by a third. I, I think there are other issues, you know, with employment and other issues like that, that would r really be devastated. So, I mean, any, any kind of raise and any kind of increase in the tax uh, on real estate in California would just end the construction industry. So if Prop 13 wouldn't lower prices that much, how much revenue in theory would be gained in the event it was? Well, I, I, I think that they say if Prop 13 wasn't there, um, that the state would be collecting somewhere around $14 billion more. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that, that assumes that they'd have, you know, 2% or 2.5% or something like that. I mean, what, whatever the numbers were, my, my memory is that somewhere around $14 billion. That doesn't really talk when your deficit is going to average about 50 billion per year not not for one year for a series of up to five years so at best it's going to cover a third of that yeah i mean at best a third but i mean a, a third of a really 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 big number you know it's the big number that's the problem so then how the other question is what the other option out is it a continued bailout because we saw we were talking about this a few years ago with California is that they were on the verge of bankruptcy and then you had the 2020 election happen and the Democrats got in and basically used um, some stimulus legislation to effectively bail out the state. What is to stop a repeat of that if the Democrats win again in 24? Well, I, I think look look uh, you know look, look where. The dollar is, and you know, my personal belief is, you know, you're you're going, you're in the process of taking your first hit against the dollar for, you know, running, you know, uh, entitlements and uh, benefits versus tax revenues. Right, right now, tax revenues uh, by are already running. I, I believe it's an eight percent. You know, the difference between tax revenues. And, and spending is 8%. The fully loaded, fully burdened, if you said those you know, future benefits, it, it's closer to 17, uh, it's, it's close to 17%. And, and by 2030, in the current system, you'll only be paying uh, entitlements and interest payments uh, with revenues the rest of all your spending will be deficit. So you'd be looking somewhere in the 30, 32% range by 2030. That's, that's why I think, Nick, that the game is already over in California. California is just the canary in the mine. So you just think basically that inflation would be the reason why the feds will not bail out California. I, I just don't think they have the tool. I think that, you know, one, one of the good news for California is they would have defaulted in 21. I sat on a committee for the um, 
California governor in 2009 and 2010, and, and we saw all the numbers. And, and the problem is that revenue goes away. It doesn't necessarily come back. It, and eventually it came back two and a half years later when employment went up. But this time employment's gone up and the revenue has gone down. So I, I just think we're, we're farther along in the crisis. That $98.5 billion that California got, it's gone. So the back to, again, the public finances of California. So we need to see two. So how many years in a row the NASDAQ or how low does the NASDAQ need to get before um, the public finances become a clearly irreversible problem? Well, I, I, th I think that you're at that point already. So let's just sort of talk point, about Larry, I'm going to challenge you on this because we recovered basically all the gain the losses from last year. Okay. And the prospect I, of lower rates is it looks like the IPO market may be yeah. heating up again. I I I I hear that, but I want to tell you that the revenue for California, you know, um was 169 billion this year. These are tax revenues, and they spent 238. I I mean, that's just Crazy difference in numbers. Let, let's just say that, you know, that uh, those seven stocks, by the way, generated 13% of, of, of California's taxes. So that 169 through June, you know, already, already uh, encompassed 13% um, of that $169 billion in taxes came from those seven companies. The, Is that the just rest of it, in general, or just those specific companies. It's capital gains. It's it's you know it's every kinds of transaction. Like the salaries of like companies. Apple employees. Too. Yes, yes, that's right. So that's that's their economic impact according to the legislative analyst office. Okay, and, and you know they really don't employ that many people, and especially not that many people here. I'm just saying that all that is kind of in, and the problem is that um, there's just not a lot of new, new from here. I, and clearly with what's going on geopolitically, I don't see how, you know, uh, worldwide sourcing is, it, it shrank, you know, the, the revenues at the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach from containers are down over 25%. Uh, you know, the, the forward window shows them down more this year. Um, in the forward order book. So, I mean, I, I I just think it's all going, the business model of globalization was a great ride. It has peaked. Seven com companies just the way this always works, seven companies got most of that juice. Um, and now as it goes down, I think at some point, those those seven companies are going to be under enormous um, antitrust assault. I mean, they're really crunching the tech war. I mean, that's been the history of it, Nick. You know that uh, they eventually the, the the DOJ eventually takes it away. And I mean, you can look at what Google does and what Apple does, and I mean, it's just not justifiable. So then, the question I have is: Let's just say. 
tech stocks and crypto and IPOs and all this stuff doesn't go up enough to increase revenues. You don't it doesn't have go up. Doesn't getting removed does not enough to cover it on the tax increase side. So that's assuming that I am wrong on both of those, it will not. And California just doesn't have a way to fill this gap. By law, I think states have to have balanced budgets and people just won't care then. Remember that they haven't issued a uh, a audited financial statement uh, with uh, w- within 365 days of the end of fiscal year since 2018. So California doesn't have an audited financial statement. They don't issue general obligation bonds. Um, according to the controller, she doesn't have confidence in the integrity of the numbers. They, they blame it on the system. So then how does California finance deficits if they don't issue any general obligation? Well, as I said, what happened in October is they don't issue general obligations. They do issue tax and revenue anticipation notes. Now, these tax and revenue anticipation notes, um, what happens is there's a lockbox and the taxes go from the taxpayer into the lockbox. The lender agrees to lend, you know, 85% of the expected tax revenue to the state, you know, for a period of less than 270 days. So here's the agreement. The tax revenues are coming in. The state of California has already got 85% of what they think they're going to collect. That's why they have such a shocking moment in October because what had come in was so much different than the expectation. And, you know, the the numbers got worse since then. So then why do you think the municipal bond market in California hasn't really reacted I have no idea why these people are insane. Because if this is really as dire as you say it is, it should show up in the bond market. Well, remember that bonds, it's just like California has, has people talk about the California pension plan as a real problem. You know, the unfunded yeah. pension plans. Yeah. There's a pension plan called public employees retirement system. And then there's a pension plan called state teachers retirement system. The retirement system word is on the teachers, but the teachers, in fact, the money they put into this fund, that's not their money. That's the state's money. The state actually has a uh, legal liability to pay those pensions. Um, They sort of stopped funding on a month-to-month basis. When the employees put their payments in, they used to pay them on a month-to-month. Now they're not paying them until the last day of the fiscal year, June 30th. And and what I'm describing to you right now, that's already in there. They're they're already not funding on a month-to-month basis the state's copay, the state's part of it. The state can actually default for making those contributions because they don't have to. As long as they've guaranteed it, they don't have to. But the problem is, Nick, they're not making them right now. They're waiting till the end of the physical year in June. California cash flow at the start of the year where we are right now, you're kind of 
you're, you're kind of rolled over. You all, all the bank loans and everything, the sales taxes, that's all been collected. That Remember that 85% was pre-collected through tax and revenue. Now they're paying off that and their cash flow is going to die very deeply until the third week of February. And then it'll sort of saucer and uh, come back up with tax drop in April. And um, they'll hit another sort of, you know, an, another sort of ledge like we're in right now in June and then die very, very hard to the lowest low for the year in October. So, so okay. So the question is, oh, so you already borrowed out taxes. You've already pre-borrowed that cash. Yeah. So you can't, can't find it twice. I mean, you could cut off funding of the teacher's pension plans, but you've already delayed it. You're already, I think they're, um, they're 7 billion behind in funding schools and they're four and a half billion behind in, in funding uh, local government. So how and in you California, um, you're as a county or a city, you're the, the Government Finance Officers Association, you know, to be a well-funded, you need to have 25% reserves, which is about three months, right? Yeah. We can't find a county in California that has more than the minimum. Two, we found two that have more than the minimum, which is 15. Nobody is over 20. Um, most of the counties in California have eight to seven. Now, um, that's the cities too. So when you look at the schools, California changed the law uh, several years ago to reduce the reserves for schools to three and a half percent. That's 10 days. And the reason they did it is they didn't want these schools to, you know, to, to be hoarding cash. So there is no there is no cupboards or secret, you know, uh, storage places. Um, I, I think they played all these games. OK, so if you look at the history of state municipality defaults like Chapter nine, there's only been one instance in the last century that Chapter nine has been used and that was arkansas in 1936 and even then all the arkansas bondholders were made whole because of the temporary highway fund gap right so well, you remember i said that california wanted to do it arkansas wasn't actually a, they tried to file chapter nine eventually it was you know that that it was it, it came that they couldn't file chapter nine it, it became sort of a workout like you're doing in puerto rico right now remember the puerto rico Workout started four years ago. Well, it's more than that. I mean, it's been a problem since. I, I'm just saying when they actually, you know, defaulted and the federal government, you know, stepped in. So in a default in California, you would have sort of the same thing. And and the first thing I and I believe this is already happening. Um, last year during the, you know, last year when you actually had a lot of forest fires, um, say that would have been. October, November of uh, 22, a little, little over a year ago, um, two big 747 tankers were flying in from Idaho to fight the fires. And, and the way it works is when you cross the border in, in these planes, the state bursts money you know, by wire transfer. Those planes crossed the border. There was no wire transfer. Um, California wouldn't give an answer. 
and they turned around and went back to Idaho. So now you're farther down the line. Now they've had to announce that they're going to have a $68 billion deficit next year. The problem here may not be the deficit. It's making payroll, right? So you're going to have cash flow hell because these vendors, and I believe that's why this deficit went from first it was going to be 15, then it was going to be 22, then it was going to be 34, then it was going to be 68. I believe the vendors are already hammering the state of California because before you could get away with paying somebody in six months, even though all the state contracts are 30-day payables. I believe the vendors are enforcing those 30-day, and I believe the vendors are trying to snug their extension of credit down. That's really what's happening. So we're already kind of there. And if, for example, New California does not happen, how does how does this official situation get solved? Then you'll get you'll you'll have a, a big room and they'll pick who gets paid and who doesn't get paid, and the employees will get warrants. They, the employees, I believe, are going to get warrants anyway. By the summer, they'll be issuing warrants to employees. Now, warrants are wonderful things. They're promised to pay, but they're not cash. Now, you used to be able to go down to your savings loan. Well, they're pretty much gone. And and your credit union and cash them at the credit union. But I think you've done some shows on commercial real estate that when they kicked the banks out of commercial lending, you know, in 2009 and 2010 and all that, it was all pushed down to smaller lenders. I mean, so I, I think that you, you have a bunch of you have a bunch of credit unions that are into kind of like big buildings and their world isn't really big building sophisticated. They just took those deals. So I don't know how the I don't know how the you know the credit unions are going to finance you know these warrants. Usually they would give you ninety eight percent. You know, in other countries they give you sixty two percent. This is the way it happens in Argentina and everywhere else, which regularly go bankrupt. You get a very smaller portion. I just don't think the U.S. government would let a state do that type of thing. It's 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 not U.S. government. It's senators and congressmen. And then the last question I have with this is there are possibility rumors around Newsom running as either a replacement for Biden in 24 or in 2028 on his own for president. Uh, how does that affect the dynamics of a California's fiscal situation? Does that incentivize him to spend more in the short term to make to to make the state keep the state afloat, or does it encourage some reform to make it to to see like that he's a man of action who will actually get things done on the presidential level? Like I'm trying to figure out the political calculus of default versus austerity versus increasing spending because I see. Like there was a recent legislative proposal, I'm not sure if it passed, of expanding um, Medicaid in California to non-citizens. I mean, if that's I, already passed. That's, our, that's okay, already. So if that's situ, if that's the situation, if this situation is so bad, how are they able to do that? One 
And two, how does Newsom's presidential ambitions affect everything that we're discussing here? Well, let me sort of tell you how the money works in California. There's $240 billion state budget. There's about a $270 billion that comes from the feds through the state to the counties and the cities. So the the state already gets paid 12.5% you know, to manage those monies, literally, that came from the Fed into a bank account, and then theoretically would go down to the counties and the cities. So the counties and the cities only get 87.5% of the money. Now, sometimes it's, it's you know, it's, it's, uh, that, that overhead is 10% versus 12.5, but 12.5 is a good number. So if the state didn't do anything, they would be getting somewhere around, you know, almost $40 billion for just banking the, you know, the cities and the counties. So when this money comes in, you know, the the question is, what are they going to do, right? Can they just glom onto that money? If you glom onto that money and you don't pay down to the counties and the cities, um, that is a default, and after a certain number of days, you're you're restricted, and then you're banned from receiving federal grants. So that one you can only push so far, and I think they're already pushing it. But Gavin Newsom just went on TV debating, you know, DeSantis talking about how California is great, and now you have this problem. I can tell you internally, the state. Uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago, declared a spending freeze. Most state uh, units are going to meet this Friday, which is the 5th. And remember, this is the last week of you know the calendar year, right? So the plan is to meet, and I think there will be layoffs, and there will be you know, spending issues addressed on that. But if you cut off Everything legally you can cut off in spending in California. It's about $31 billion out of these $50 billion problems. Okay. So you cut that spending off, you're gonna get you're gonna lose some, you know, economy because of that spending, right? But that 31 billion, that assumes everyone who you know is gonna get cut isn't gonna litigate. Is it going to try to stop that? Is it going to slow it down? They're already there, Nick. I mean, so we're, I mean, I thought this would happen in August of next year. It, ha- it happened in October. <laughs> and now you're getting the follow through. So um, there really isn't a way, in my opinion, you can tax your way out of this. And because of the Constitution, you can't cut your way out of this, you've got to change the entire, you've got to change the entire business model. 